Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is the first day of spring. It is March the 20th, 2023. And yes, indeed, it is the first day of spring. And uh, which ironically enough was a cooler day <laughs> here in Tampa area. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's spring. So um, warmer weather on the way. Um, flowers will be blooming and the birds will be singing and, you know, the alligators will attack you. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I had to throw some kind of curveball there. Uh, but, um, yeah, nothing, nothing like, uh, you know, the beginning of spring after winter, you know, it's just an awesome thing. Uh, so glad you guys are on. We're uh, continuing our journey through the New Testament this week. We're, I don't know what week, we're week 12 of this new year. And so uh, today we'll be in Matthew 19, tomorrow Matthew 20. If you don't know, if you're wondering, like, what are the readings for the week? I post those on my Facebook page on the Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast Facebook page. So if you're just, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna miss or you're just curious what we're gonna be reading uh, this week, uh, just take a look at uh, Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast Facebook page, and the uh, week's readings are on there. So uh, welcome back, Linda. Glad you got out of Facebook jail. Don't know what you did there, but glad you got out. Um, so anyway, just, uh, just a heads up. If you're wondering what the readings are, they are on the uh, Facebook page. I usually post those on Sunday evening, uh, just so they're there for the week. So in case you're wondering, so yeah, this week, Matthew 19, we're going to jump around a little bit this week. We'll be Matthew 19 today, Matthew 20 tomorrow, Mark 10 on Wednesday, and then finish out the week in the gospel of Luke 18 and 19. So yeah, well, welcome everybody. Um, we are just weeks away from um easter not too far it's another four, you know four four or five weeks three or four weeks i'm not sure but uh the ninth april 9th so it'll be here before we know it all right you guys let's do it M matthew 19 so glad you guys are uh, on the podcast today ready to read god's word and learn together you know what we do we read we pray we change the world matthew 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. So Galilee in the north, Judea in the south, so he's traveling south. Jesus does most of his ministry around the northern Sea of Galilee. Um, now he's traveling south along the Jordan, on the other side of the Jordan, down towards Judea. Large crowds followed him, and he, and he healed them there. He healed large crowds there. That's awesome. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. So, got to take the good with the bad, I guess. 
He's healing people. Same time, people are there trying to test him. So the Pharisees came to test him, and they asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> is, it, is it lawful? So, is there, so the Pharisees are... Uh, you know the Pharisees, anytime they come to Jesus, there's an agenda, right? There's, this is, there's never a good faith, you know, encounter here. There's always an agenda. Um, and so even though there's a question, there's also a, there's also a trap that's trying to be set, right? So the question on the table, on the forefront, is, is it okay for, according to the law of Moses, not the laws of the land, the laws of Moses, religious law, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Um, and so Jesus says, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. It's almost verbatim what is said in a lot of um, religious uh, or, uh, religious weddings, right? Marriages. Uh, the uh, let God is joined together that no one separate. Which, by the way, you know, just that that and that's the sort of distinction to make between Christian uh, theology and Christian belief about marriage and the laws of the land. Um, a lot of questions are asked about you know stances on homosexual marriage. And should we should we be for it or not? <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Um, regarding the laws of the land, yeah, you may disagree with me. <clears throat> now we can argue about whether you know such and such law is good for the culture or not, and um, we can have that argument. But 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 um, but regarding the laws of the land, um, there's nothing that necessarily. I mean, if 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 the laws of the land are passed to to accept homosexual marriage, uh, it is what it is. Um, and as a Christian, you don't necessarily, you know, you have to live under the laws of the land. However, the covenant Christian marriage, the marriage as handed down by Christians, and and historically, not the latest kind of, you know, the last fifty years, the way it's been rewritten, but the 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 um, the mass of Christian teaching for the last 2,000 years has been that marriage is a covenant relationship between a man and a woman. And therefore, you, you can have a um, legal marriage, homosexual marriage, but if you want a Christian marriage, if you want a covenant marriage, well, that is a very clear distinction. A covenant marriage, um, so, if, so for example, someone, someone came to me and asked me, to do a Christian covenant marriage, I could only do that for a man and a woman, because that is the de that is by definition what the Christian marriage is. A Christian marriage is between a man and a woman. It's a covenant relationship, a male and female, and so um, you you can't do a covenant marriage any other way. So. Um, so is it okay for to have gay marriage in the, in the laws of land? Sure, sure. I mean, sure. That doesn't necessarily mean that's 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 what a covenant Christian marriage is. It's different. Um, 
It's not saying anything about the character of the people. It's not saying anything about, you know, uh, who they are as individuals. It's just saying what the essence of Christian marriage is. And the essence of Christian marriage is it's a relationship, a covenant relationship between a male and a female before God. That's the definition of a, of a, and not in a, in a, for that matter, Judeo, Judeo Christian marriage. So, um, so he says, why then? A little tangent, but it's an interesting conversation because there's always, often, uh, there's a conversation, you know, the question about what, what do you stand on this or that? What do you stand on homosexual marriage? Well, as a, as a law of the land, I don't, it's fine. It, okay. <laughs> do I, you know, you could argue about whether I think it's great for the culture or not, but um, there are probably many laws if we dug into them, we don't think are great necessarily moral, but they're laws. So, okay. Um, but when you talk about the realm of Christianity, well, then that's a different conversation. That's not just about the laws of the United States because the laws of the United States are not the same thing as the laws of, of God. Some people think they are. They think the laws of the land are the laws of God. No, they're not. No, they're not. The laws of the United States are not the same as the laws of God. And so the laws of the land, they are what they are. We, we, we obey the laws of the land. We don't, you know, we, we respect the laws of the land. Uh, but now in the church, there are certain expectations and standards in the church that go um, beyond uh, the laws of the land. And those, um, from a faith perspective, are the ones that we have to um, adhere to. Yeah. Yeah, it has nothing to do with whether someone's welcome or not, you know, at church. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. I mean, everyone's, all sinners are welcome in the church. There's no, it's not a matter of whether someone's welcome in the church. It's a matter about, it's a matter of the sanctity and the definition of marriage. Christian marriage, covenant marriage. So, so it's an interesting question about, you know, there's so many ways you can go with that. But like, you know, yeah, I mean, so... Anyway, interesting, interesting conversation. There's a, that could take up the entire two or three podcasts there. But um, so they're asking him, you know, what to do. Can a man divorce his wife no matter what? Um, he says, they said, why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? So in that culture, basically, it was as simple as writing a certificate of divorce and a man could divorce his wife. Um. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. So Jesus is raising, again, the sanctity of marriage. He's not reducing it. He's raising it. And he's saying, you guys, you just want to divorce your wife for anything. You just want an excuse to... Uh, you know, to divorce your wife and to split up and to get someone new and to get your freedom. And uh, and and Jesus is like, no, 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 settle down. It ain't that easy. There should it should be there should be a pretty serious offense before uh, you consider divorce. And in this case, he highlights, for example, sexual immorality or adultery. Otherwise, you're the one sinning by divorcing your wife for no good reason. Verse 10, the disciples said to him, 
if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better than it is better not to marry. <laughs> oh man, it says a lot about them guys, right? It's like, man, if we can't get out of this thing for if we if it's that hard to get out of this thing, we it's better just not to be married. <laughs> They're already looking for the exit before they even enter into covenant. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, they kind of revealed themselves there, right? They're, they're, that's the problem. That's the problem. Verse 11, Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs. Oh, so you can take care of it a different way. <laughs> For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who accepts this should accept it. Hmm. Different people have different uh, situations. Um, and I think that's really important in the area of sexuality, right? Like, Jesus has given an example here of, like, the eunuchs. Some people are born eunuchs, right? They had no choice in the matter. They were born that way. They were born without parts. Um, some were castrated by other people. They were made that way. Um, and so, in a sense, that they had no choice. They, they were made to be something they were not. Um, and some choose to live that way. And I think in the area of sexuality, we, you know, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of confusion about uh, you know, whether someone was born a certain way or chose to be this and to put a blanket statement over any group and say, well, they were all born this way. That, that's, that's an overstatement. People are different. The individuals are different. Everybody's story is a little different. Um, and so, or, you know, everyone, you know, this entire group chooses this. Well, technically, yes, but there's also, there's also a lot of other factors that go into that, too. And so you can't just throw a blanket statement. Well, it's a, it's a choice. Well, it, eh, yes, but some some for some it's a very it's very difficult to make any other choice. Um, and for some, you know, it is strictly a choice. It is all about a choice, and uh, and very little to do necessarily with um, being born a certain way. Um, so anyway, we, we use those terms in culture all the time and, and on both sides and, and, and unfairly. We just blanket statement, you know, these things, uh, and it's a choice. They're born that way. Eh, people are more complicated than that. And so it's, uh, it's good to get into people's stories to really understand where they're, where they're coming from. Not to justify necessary behavior, but to find out really what someone's story truly is. Um, to listen and to show compassion. And um, and we should we should we should be people, people filled with grace and compassion, and you know, quick to listen, slow to speak. I think sometimes in this area of sexuality as Christians, we are quick to speak <laughs> and slow to listen, <laughs> especially you know, in this whole area. Like we just we have the answers before we hear the questions, <laughs> and we we just ready to scream it. It's like well, just listen, listen. You think about the sin in your life, um, 
Not that it, not that we are justified in our sin, but wouldn't it be nice if someone would just listen to where we, what led us to do the things that we did? Um, not to justify it, not saying that we're okay in doing them, but maybe, maybe you just want to hear me out, hear where my story, hear where I, where I started, hear where I've come from, hear the things I had to overcome. Maybe that would enable us to understand each other a little better. You don't have to justify my sin. We don't have to just justify each other's sin. But if we just slow down and hear someone's story, right? Not all eunuchs are the same. You know, so that's what Jesus is saying. <laughs> Not all eunuchs are the same, man. They don't have different stories. You can't just throw a blanket statement over the eunuchs. No, nah, man, they're all different. Some were born that way. It was a biological defect. Some, uh, it was, uh, they were castrated. They were tortured. Uh, for some, they chose it. It's what they wanted to be. So those, those are, they are not all the same. <laughs> and so um, you take even a, a broad group like uh, the, the homosexual community or the LBGTQ plus minus. I'm not trying to be crude, but I don't know all the letters and numbers anymore. Um, they're not all the same. You just can't throw a blanket statement. And even people inside the community try to throw a blanket statement sometimes over that community. You can't do it. They're all different. Their, their stories are always very unique, very different. You can't, you can't just put a blanket statement over them. Verse 13. Then people uh, brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked him, rebuked them. Rebuke the children. Man, don't be rebuking the children. Children trying to come to Jesus. You're rebuking the children. Stop rebuking the children for coming to Jesus. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Hmm. He blessed them. He blessed them. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Great question. What do I have to do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? <laughs> you want to do what you want to know what good thing? Why are you why are you concerned about good? Why you, and why are you asking me about good? Are you uh what what are you suggesting about uh me and my character and and who I am that you would come to me to ask what good thing I need to do? to be uh, inherit eternal life. There is only one, here Jesus is going to uh, kind of uh, expound on that a little bit. There is only one, capital O, only one, that is God, who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he gives him a little, a little, a little sampling of the Ten Commandments. And, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept. Really? Come on. Really? You've done? He lying already. He just broke one. He just broke one right there. He lying. <laughs> His answer reveals that. Wait, 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 wait. You got some self-righteousness, man. You think you kept all the commandments. You've never, you've never slighted one commandment since the day you were born. Come on, bro. All these I have kept. 
what do I still lack? <laughs> Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, you want to be perfect, bro? Go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. See, Jesus put his finger right on the man's uh, uh, sinfulness, his, where his treasure was, where his heart was. It was his wealth and riches and status. When the young man heard this, he went away, what? Sad. He just Jesus just told him, you can have eternal life. You'll have treasure in heaven. You should be happy. I just told you very clearly because you came to me uh, calling me the one who could tell you the right thing to do. You, sure, you, you must assume then that I'm God. So I'm going to tell you what you must do. And he goes away sad. It reveals where his heart is, right? Then Jesus said to the disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Um, there's a lot of debate about, you know, the eye of a needle is was a certain gate in the city, and it was just a really low, it was called the eye of the needle. It was a low, uh, a low entry into uh, the city. Uh, it was called the needle. And a camel could get through it, but it was but they had to really squat down, and it was really hard to get through. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about a literal eye of a needle and a camel going through a literal eye of a needle, which would be an impossibility, or whether it's going through a, a narrow city gate, which was also difficult. The point is the same. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is hard, just as hard as it would be for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It's, it's hard. Is it impossible? No. But when you, when you're, when, because what? Where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And where your heart is, your treasure will be. <laughs> they go, go run, that, that street runs both ways. And so if you have a lot of worldly riches, you could, that tends to be where your heart can flow. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. Why were they astonished? Because they'd been taught all their lives that to be rich was to be blessed. That the more money you had, the more status you had, that meant God's favor was upon you. So Jesus is saying, wait, wait, no, actually, it's the opposite. The more you have materially, the harder it is to get into the kingdom of God. Sometimes the riches of this world are not, a, is not, a, as, are not as much a blessing as they are a curse and an obstacle. And so the disciples are astonished. This blows their mind. They're like, what? Who then can be saved? I mean, if the rich can't be saved, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Good news for the rich right there, really, right? With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Mm. That's a good word. That might be a good word for you today. You may be facing an impossible situation. You're wondering, how is this going to work out? With man, it's impossible, but with God, with him, all things are possible. Praise God. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will that be for us? Remember now, this was, Peter's like, Jesus has just said to them, this rich man who seems to have it all together, he's been, he's very, he's been religious from, from the day of his birth, he's got all this worldly wealth, he seems to be doing everything right, and the guy walks away at, from Jesus sad. And they are like, can anyone be saved? Like, this guy is like the, he's like the, the poster child of, of success and religious morality. How, it can, and Peter's kind of ticked. It's like, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? 
me? Do we have any chance? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. That's a great promise, y'all. You're wondering, like, man, I feel like I'm sacrificing and giving up to follow Christ. I feel like I'm, you know, I miss out because I'm, I'm doing, trying to do the right thing, trying to honor his name. Listen to what Jesus says. Nothing that you've ever given up will be forgotten. It will be restored to you a hundred times in the life to come. You're going to have eternal life, and you're going to receive back a hundredfold anything you gave up for his name. He's always worth it. Amen? He's always worth it. Whatever Jesus is calling you to, he is always worth it. I love it. Well, we started off with a... Man, deep this week, man. It's deep. And I know that was only able to scratch the surface of that very intense conversation and very um, emotional and charged conversation. So hopefully we'll have time to talk more about it. Um, but the, the bottom line is this, that, you know, we, we, everybody is in need of the grace of Jesus. Everyone is, need, is in need of a Savior. Um, and Jesus welcomes us all, and he encourages us not to think of people in just blanket statements so that we write them off, but to think of people's story, where they came from, and uh, to know that not everyone's story is the same, and to, um, to love them, and to, uh, to, to raise the, the uh, value of marriage. Um, as Christians, we're to, raise, we're to keep that value of marriage high, because it is a, it is a, a representation of Christ and the church. A male and a female coming together in covenant Christian marriage is a sign, a symbol to the world of Christ's love for the church. And, um, and there's no other unity, there's no other union that is symbolic of Christ in the church other than a man and a woman coming together in the covenant of marriage as Christian followers of Jesus. Yeah, it's that simple. So hope you have a great day today. Uh, let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for my friends. Thank you for the privilege that we had today to gather around your word and to learn, to grow. Thank you for the truthfulness of your word. Help us, God, to be uh, those who walk with grace and truth and love and kindness. Uh, help us to walk in your steps. Help us to be those who uh, listen. And as we approach complex situations and, and emotionally charged situations, help us to be those who listen carefully, that we're slow to speak, quick to listen, and, uh, and quick to offer love and prayer and forgiveness. God, thank you so much for my friends. May you bless them and encourage them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being on today. Guys, thank you guys for jumping on, particularly the men for jumping on so early today. You guys were like the first ones on. I'm th I think it's like a record. So you guys are awesome. Love you guys. You have a great first day of spring. Go plant a flower or something. You know what I mean?
Go plant a flower. Go, you know, look for a butterfly <laughs> or something. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.